Welcome to Vintage Questions, a podcast where we drink some coffee, ask a lot of questions, and sometimes come up with answers. My name's Michael. And I'm Chris. Let's pour the coffee, hold the cream and sugar, and get this conversation started. Welcome to episode 27 of Vintage Questions, the show with friends, coffee, and conversation. My name's Michael. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about expectations of a father. Society views fatherhood differently and has over the years. Um, what do we think about it? Well, make sure you listen all the way to the end to find out. So, Michael, what's new with you? Well, I don't necessarily know if it's new with me as much as what's new with the situation that I'm following, if that make okay. any sense let's hear it so um obviously i'm what you'd call a nerd no yeah i know it's hard to believe no am i wearing a D &D shirt you i are. am yeah. wow i stared at it as soon as you said nerd. that's 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 on brand because what i was about to talk about was the whole controversy over the ogl right now oh which is you know topical anyway yeah. by the way when you giggle you're basically rolling a die well i know but i always roll natural 20s because i'm loaded wow venti Anyway, wow. wow, it's like a sick, it all comes back. <laughs> um, no, so basically what's going on right now, uh, I know we, you've talked about this a little bit um, while we're not recording, but the open gaming license that Dungeons and Dragons has had for this entire um, like tenure of uh, fifth edition, yeah, they are trying to come up with a changed new version of it for the new one D&D that's going to be coming out, I think in uh, 2024, I think is when it comes out. And it will theoretically be revoking the current OGL, which directly affects anybody who makes any type of content that's based off of it. Mm. And nowadays, because of, you know, the, the interwebs and all that kind of stuff, web. there's at least a couple hundred people, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, it's pretty decent when you're talking about how small of a community it is, that this is their livelihood is they just make stuff they sell on like patreons and then they sell on like uh kickstarts and with that that not only could they lose the ability to continue to do that but they could also lose the right to be able to even like redo some of the stuff they've already done interesting um there's a lot of controversy going over the whole situation and i'm not a lawyer and i'm not super super like reading every single line of it but the controversy itself is pretty crazy um the whole thing was very like cloak and dagger. Like they were, they sent out um, the this finger quotes draft, as they called it, to a bunch of like uh, the high end creators and companies with an NDA saying, "Hey, you can't talk about this. You have one week to sign it, and if you don't sign it, then you won't be able to do anything. Um, like you can't use any of our stuff." Wow, strong hand. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a very very like predatory um contract and that's why it's so funny is they're saying it was a draft it's like drafts don't have 14 pages of official legal um jargon and then a place for a signature mm. <laughs> and so um one of those people um decided to leak it to a news outlet Whoa. which they um i'm very surprised that it hasn't come out yet who did it um because if it does they're totally um but then it just spread like wildfire as soon mm. as people found out about it they went crazy and now there's this, the huge issue of how D&D responded the way that they originally responded was with this like hey guys it's all good 
type of post that was very very gaslighty which i don't even like using that word that much but like mm. it was perfectly like the way they were phrasing they were trying to change the narrative so much the way that like they would like the situation like i said it was a a, a leaked situation uh, uh of the the files and so the way that they phrased it in their apology was you know the reason why we released this draft to the community and it's like you you didn't <laughs> what are you talking about and then the biggest thing was um near the end of the thing they put while some people are gonna say that they won and we lost that's only half true you won and so did we because they're trying to say that hey we're all part of this one community and it's all like we're all trying to be on the same team yeah and it's just like that is like netflix movie creepy level <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, it, that was, PR it was very team, annoying. That PR team really just took a hit on the chin. Oh, yeah. No, situation. The biggest issue is that from what people are stating that have like finger quotes insider knowledge is that it all comes down to the D&D team development team. There's some awesome people in there and like they're still trying to like, you know, run the game. Sure. And then their execs are like pretty decent and like they're trying to be, you know, they're still execs. But then it goes to Wizards of the Coast people. Who are like, eh, a little bit more money hungry. And then it goes to Hasbro, mm. who owns all of these people. And they don't give a crap about anything but numbers. Of course. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a really sad situation. But the positive, and the reason why I guess I kind of would bring it up, um, is because it has caused a lot of uh, side effects. Now, one of the biggest competitors to D&D, which is Paizo, is creating their own gaming license thing, which is going to be like epic. I'm not even going into it. It's crazy. And a lot of these third party companies that have been making supplements for 5e are now creating their own gaming systems. Hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's going to kind of flood the market regardless of the outcome of this. There's already so many companies that have already said, hey, we don't care. Even if you say, hey, takes backsies we're, we're not going to change anything they just don't trust them anymore yeah so they're still doing their own thing so it'll be interesting to have some new stuff it's the problem corporate greed 100 percent. corporations man you never know it's it's a sad thing yeah. it starts off usually as a couple of people with a great idea and then they get really nice and big pockets full of monies and they forget all about their ideals yeah but uh they will they sit on the stack of ideas so far away removed from Oh, people yeah. that are executing the ideas they don't or even, enjoying the, yeah uh, they don't even know what the heck they're they, they're doing anymore yeah sad so but what's uh what's new with you bro nothing too crazy um just been on this reading kick uh lately um talked about that a little bit last podcast but um i think i mentioned this to you casually before but i mentioned it uh to my wife as well really want to jump back into reading some of the the classics um classic novels that uh, I either didn't get a chance to read or didn't care about when I was younger right. to read all the typical ones you'd hear about and like oh yeah that and like Frankenstein and like I've read Frankenstein but it's been years right right and you know uh, Dracula and and like you know any of those but Animal Farm or War you know War of the World like any of those science older science fiction books that like tons of movies they've remade like three four times mm -hmm. i'd love to just just read the original um a lot of the reason why i hadn't because they've already made the movie a movie by the time i was old enough to get my hands on the book um or didn't know it was a book first right and saw the movie and like oh yeah that's right so you know hg wells or anything like that right and 
Um, there's a lot of cool stories that I, I just I just want to experience and, and read just for the the literature. Um, and then I want to obviously create a little bit of a library, you know, with those. So you know, have them on the shelf as a collector, someone who likes to collect. Um, it'd be cool to kind of just you know get them and just have all the classics just sitting there. Um, so my kids get a little older, maybe they're curious about it. They want to grab a book off the shelf or I recommend one or whatever that is. Um, having books around and having, you know, some of those stories around, you know, right there, easy for them to, to grab and get into if they're interested in that. Great. If they're not, that's, that's fine. I want to encourage, but I also don't want them to hate reading because I'm going to say, read this book. Don't come out of your room until you read at least three chapters. Like that's, I'll quiz you on it. Like that's, that's not how it's going to be, but, um, I want them to see that books are a normal part of, you know, life, put, you know, in the house or whatever. And maybe they'll, they'll get into it on their own just by being around it. Yeah. No, I'm with you on the whole bookcase thing. Um, my biggest problem is just that, you know, I'm an audible junkie. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how like a lot of the, um, like music apps send you like the end of the year wrap up and like yeah. all those stats. Yeah. Um, I read 58 books last year. Nice. Which means that it's a little tiny bit more than um, one book a week. It's <laughs> more as someone read them to you. Same difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you've got the content. Yeah. Right. No, but it's just like, imagine what 50, I think it was 56, it was either 56 or 58, I don't remember, um, books would look like. That's that's an entire like normal size like IKEA bookshelf. Sure. And it's just like <sighs> so many of those are only an audible like exclusive thing. Mm. <sighs> because like once again, I would love to have like a nice thing for it. Because if you and that's just like last year and the year before that was around the same as well. And then right. there's all of my nerd stuffs as far as like uh, books for different you know, gaming type things and things yeah. of that nature too. Oh yeah, I could. F I I eventually would have a nice like you know Beauty and the Beast style, um, rolling uh, uh ladder, ladder. Yeah. style uh, libraries if I could just get hard copies. So yeah, it'll it, it'll happen eventually. I, um, one of my thought processes is to make like um not false covers but basically like three D printable books. Yeah, maybe put like a little. SD card in there that has the book on an audible on it or a audio book yeah. yeah 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 so yeah that's but cool that's cool um what's we drinking today bro we're drinking coffee today that's that's pretty accurate yeah was there more information perhaps it's a dark gross oh oh really yeah yeah it usually only comes out at night oh it only comes out at night yeah so it's like a nocturnal roast like a nocturnal roast yeah that's cool that's like, cool like you know Batman. Oh. Yeah. So we're doing Dark Knight Roast. We're doing the Dark Knight Roast. Cool, cool. Yeah. So Comic, comics on Coffee. Comics on Coffee, a uh, a Fort Myers, Florida um company. Mhm. Mm um here's the thing. Again, with this week, cream and sugar is a must for this for this particular it's funny. roast. We started off the podcast. It's like, "Oh, you know cream and sugar and like we're just you got to have it in its rawest form to really to and then we we kind of changed a little bit where we still test it and taste it black, but we do now try it with cream and sugar for that second cup to give it a fair shot. Well, see, I think that's the biggest issue is it's not that my opinion on black coffee and being able to really trace it in its best and truest form has changed. It's that 
the quality of its best and truest form that so many people were offering up is so subpar mm. that the only way that we can give it even a passable grade is by adding other things to it. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say nicely is it's I. Right. <laughs> I rated it better than you did. Yes, um, which is the once. first. Yeah. So um, in its non-added um, black coffee form, we actually both gave it a 20. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of kind of crappy. It's like a one beaner right there. Yeah. But then with um, cream and sugar, I gave it a 54 and you gave it a 56. No, I'm sorry. It was a 56 and a 58. Yeah. No. Was it? Yeah. You're two above me. I thought you were two and I was six or something like that. Or no, because you're you're just one above because your drinkability was slightly higher. I would know if my pen didn't die in the middle of writing a score. Yeah. And if you're interested to see how that whole process went, make sure you check out the video of our tasting of The Dark Knight. Yeah. Overall. <laughs> Underwhelming. Okay. Yeah, it really was. Because here's the thing is that I think both of us were actually really excited about that just because it was an officially branded DC comic, like a coffee. And then it was just like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> yeah yeah so i have here for you good sir a few questions uh would you rather that are father's day related i know it's not father's day but you'd be surprised how hard it is to find would you rather questions themed around fathers do you know how easy really? it is to find them themed around mothers probably easy yeah and I looked at some of them thinking like, oh, well, there were both parents that should be easily interchangeable. No, it's very not. It's very wine centric, not like whining, like drinking wine. Oh, it was very weird. So um, I got a couple for you. Self-medicate to deal with children. It was really like, to me, it was almost insulting. It's like, mm. do you think that mothers just want to drink all day and they hate their own children? <laughs> like, what is what, what are you trying to say here, people? So anyway, mm, only sometimes the first one here um, is would you rather stay up late or sleep in late? You do both, don't you? Well, no, we do both. <laughs> but that's what's known as uh, lighting the candle or burning the candle at both ends. Oh, right? okay. So basically, let's say you had three days off, right? On that second day, are you going to stay up really late and then sleep in? Or are you going to... Oh, sorry. Are you going <laughs> to... Yeah. Are you going to sleep... Uh, sorry, go to sleep really late and then still get up like normal? Or are you going to go to sleep like normal and just sleep longer? Yeah, that one. Really? Yeah, see, I I, I don't know, man. I'm more of a nighttime person. I'm going to stay up late. Yeah. And then I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to sleep at some point in time just because my body's going to just go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you rather spend a day playing video games or playing board games? Think about it. Video games. Ah, interesting. That's only because we haven't finished Coin Car. Grand Prix. Anyway. Coin Car Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we came up with a name for our game. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Copyright. Um, I honestly would actually rather do board games, yeah. personally. Okay. Um, don't get me wrong. I do play video games all day sometimes, but it's only because it's much more difficult to find people to play board games because you have to be in, like, actually physically the same place, usually. It's because they're usually bored by playing them and we're moving right along uh would you rather learn how to fly or learn how to uh sail a boat fly here's the thing i feel like flying would be much more practical and very helpful but a lot more dangerous 
and therefore I'm going to go with uh, the boat. Yeah, fly. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like heights that much. Now, if you know how to fly, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Would you rather have a giant duck feet or have a giant duck bill? What do we have to do with fatherhood? It's something you ask your father on Father's Day, apparently. <laughs> I didn't have a father, so I didn't know what to do on that day. I mean, you picked the question, so it makes sense. <laughs> but, man, you should have taken over for this one. I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. You're going to answer the question. <laughs> um, d- feet? I could put them in shoes? <laughs> Bill, you're just stuck with the thing. Like, It's still funny. No, it's eat. all that matters. <laughs> All right, I got one. Well, how about one. you? You didn't. You didn't. Oh, that I'm totally taking the feet. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You waddle anyway. Um, that's that's harsh. All right, so I got one last one for you. Would you rather go golfing or go to a baseball game? Golfing. Yeah, me too. Which, by the way, we need to freaking go golfing. Yeah, I think most of our like physical ailments since the last time we played have like healed up. Until we golf, and then and then we'll both have bad backs again. Your shoulder. It'll be just so much fun. We, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get new injuries because now it's like. What, five, ten years later? We're old. Oh, gosh. All right. So I did a little digging, which once again was a little sparse, uh, 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 if nothing better uh, way of saying it, on information. And I was able to find a couple of different little like key points over the last uh, couple centuries of what the expectations uh, for a father were. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in the colonial time period though father was held directly responsible for any of their children in the sense that if the children didn't turn out well, it was the father's fault. Right. It was not the mother's fault. Right. Like people think nowadays, which is still unfair. Um, but it was a hundred percent. No, because I, I don't think it's any one parent's fault in my personal opinion. I think it's both. You're hearing a lot. And I agree with you, but you, you yes, the mother's fault, but you hear a lot of like, Oh, well, if the father wasn't right now, stuff now i'm know. getting there Ooh. yeah more to come yes um but you know that was um that was how like i said it was the, what they're saying during like the colonial period right during the 19th century um kind of changed a little bit uh so during the industrialization aspect of it um because of the requirement to have to like go and work for somebody the dynamic changed a little bit as the father was then expected to become the breadwinner. Mother right. was expected to stay home. And because of that, it really took the father's role um, in the child rearing and really diminished it because they were expected to work from a lot of examples used the phrase from dawn till dusk. Mm. <laughs> um, so that kind of went Meh, a little bit. Then this past century, right? Um, is when it kind of balanced a little bit. Um, now, the couple of articles I did find kind of alluded to the aspect of what caused this was uh, the the feminist movement. Okay. Um, because all of a sudden there was a very large amount of critiquing against the absence of the fathers because they were choosing work over family which then caused a much more, you know, like 50-50 co-parenting type of uh, situation, mm. right? Which I think kind of speaks on what you were saying. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> it's a little bit different where now it's a much more, what was the phrase? I don't want to say it incorrectly. 
Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, today, the role the father is struggling with new notions of manhood. What's it like to be a man? Yeah. What is it? So what basically, um, you know, they, they, the thought process now is for there to be a very gentle, um, uh, free emotional um, father figure to um, the children to ex- you know, explain that, hey, you know, it's cool to cry. It's okay. Yeah. So, so I would say that fatherhood probably, it evolved from that first thing you're saying where fathers are the one to you know, are, are solely responsible. It's, re- household. it's a reflection, right. Yeah. Uh, on them, if their children turn out a certain way. Right. So there's the pressure there. Um, and then that shifted a little bit. The role went to the mother a little bit because the mothers were staying home with the kids. Men were gone all day working. Um, but I think if you just combine, I just want to, I just want to clarify it. The difference was that the the men and women were all working originally, but they were working usually at their own like homestead. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and then they had to then start working for somebody else, well, which is what made them have to go away. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean they're working there at a farm or they're you know whatever they're producing. Um, that makes sense because they're you know the children are now being supervised by the father now father not there father off working for someone else and mother having to step in on more of that full-time with kids role making it kind of unequal in terms of time with them right so that shifts a little bit so the expectations are that the mother takes a little bit more of that role as the disciplinary you know someone who's going to discipline the kids someone who's going to teach the kids you know take care of them so on and so forth so um but i i think then it kind of combined, right? And now it's like women went started going to work, yep. right? You see the feminist movement. Yep, yep, yep. Women started going to work as well. And you said the 50-50. Now it's like you share with, you know, raising the kids 50-50. Um, that's tough too, right? Um, because now the kid is essentially being raised by half of both parents, but also by someone else, <laughs> by a school or whatever right. it is, right? They're not there. They're not in the home, it's less time with the kids. So it's, so it's interesting that, um, that today, like struggling with what the notions of manhood is and what the ideal father is, is because it did have to s- switch essentially, but it's kind of swung back to the father is getting blamed again, it seems, not blamed, but like the role of the father, if the father isn't a good father, finger quotes, right, right. then it, it, it looks, they are to blame, I guess you could say, right? So if either the father is not around, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or the father doesn't, isn't supportive emotionally, then it ruins the kid and it ruins the household, right? There's a reason why they say daddy issues. Um, whenever speaking about, you know, especially with daughters, right? You hear that term a lot, right? Of people with daddy issues. Um, it, a lot of push, a lot of pressure there is on the the father in that role. So when you talk about expectations of a father, what are those? Because people have a blended perception from historically, like, should I do this? Should I? Oh, what's the role of father? Oh, I'm the breadwinner. People still have that in their minds. A lot of people, especially in this country, still have that in their mind. It's kind of phasing into this other, more new age, you know, uh, pa- parenting style of being their emotional support or even stay-at-home fathers, right? And as mothers are kind of in the workforce and they switch those roles and that's, that's unique and that's different. So I think that's what's challenging 
what's manhood, right? Mm-hmm. And and what that notion is of we associate fatherhood with manhood and being strong, but I think it's shifting from that now. Um, at least the, the societal narrative, right? What are your thoughts on that? I think I, I I agree with some of the stuff you said, and I disagree with other things. But you know, pretty huge. I think the biggest thing is more. It's a weird observation that I have, right? So a lot of times in public opinion, I guess you would say, um, fathers are looked at more as like a unnecessary. <laughs> Uh, uh, third party type situation, right? Sure. Second class uh, parent, right? Yeah. And yet, the first thing to blame for a child turning out a particular way is, oh, well, the father wasn't there. Well, if, if, if they're a piece of crap and they're not needed, then why is it that if they're not there, you have a bad outcome? It's like you can't have both. No, actually. And that's what's so confusing statistically well i understand no stats are are with us that there you need both parents yeah but stats are actually on the side of the father yeah yeah if if you look i don't know if you if you happen to find that but if you look into it when you're looking at outcome Mm -hmm. of of um uh, of a child if you're looking at a single mother raising the kid um they did like the statistics of like where the kid ends up in terms of like more likely to go to prison or more likely to crime, so on and so forth. It's more like that's the highest, right? Single mother. That's where that that's, I think, the highest statistic of where, you know, kids end up in a bad situation. Right. Right. Um, then they look at mother and father in a household. That is OK. It's better. Right. right, right that's right. a pretty yeah. good situation. But what's even better is a single father raising a child. So a single father raising a child mm-hmm. statistically it's better than a single mother raising a child that's interesting i don't know mm. why i'm not trying to say one's better than the other don't misquote me on that but that is that is what's been proven through statistically. statistics right well like i said the structure but, i think would be what's perceived as structure mm-hmm. error you know maybe more firm you know uh if we're really looking at the gender stereotypes of nurture versus this is the way it is, you know, right? Um, I they they attribute it to that in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Following rules or you know that kind of thing, right? the The biggest thing with expectations is, is obviously it, it comes to basically like what the the can't think of the word I'm looking for here, but like kind of like the the cultural thought process, sure, right? So it's what you what you perceive to be the proper thing what do you see in your media what do you see in like your neighborhood and so on and so forth so there can be a lot of different thought process of what a a good father is depending on where you live and what you watch right Right. so like me growing up obviously I, i didn't have a father at all but me growing up you know i watch tv i've seen a couple movies so you, you see like what the, you know, um, you know, nuclear family, you know, mom, dad, uh, one son, one daughter. Yeah. And you see how that interacts. Right. Right. And then you see the normies that have that in real life. And you're like, that doesn't really add up. It's kind of different, <laughs> you know? So sure. it's, it's a little confusing, but I feel like one of the big things that is a across the board stays is 
at least in our lifetime, up until the last like five to six years, the father was to be feared. The father was used as a threat of wait till your father gets home. Precisely. Or don't make me tell your father. Right. And I feel that that is such a bad thing <laughs> because what it does is it ends up putting both parties, both the father and the child, at odds, right? Because now the father gets home and is immediately bombarded with, you need to go ahead and be, you know, stern and like uh, against your child, right? And so that's the first interaction they're going to have with their kid that day. That messes with them, right? And then also, the only time that the kid is seeing their father is when they're being yelled at by that person. doesn't really make you want to have a real strong relationship, right? Okay. So those types of thought processes, I think, directly caused the pendulum swing that we're in now, where it's the father can't show any of those types of emotions. Because they need to make sure that they are being as open and available as what the stereotypical aspect of the mother was in previous time frames, right? It's one one of the funny things is if you looked at when once again when we were in like elementary school and and we didn't really have like homeroom teachers where I came from, but apparently that was the thing. Or home home homeroom parents, sorry. Right. Um there was never a dad. It was always a mom. Sure. Because dads were working. Right. Right. And so if a dad showed up for like anything, it was like, oh, wow, he's really involved in his family. Like he really cares. That's amazing. Right. Where nowadays it's expected a little bit more, but sure. it's still like, oh, wow, it's pretty awesome. Okay, cool. But it's not really fair. <laughs> right. Because not only is it kind of like. It's it's not fair to the, the mother in the sense that if the mother misses one thing, then they're a horrible mother, right? Sure. But if the father shows up to one thing, then they're an amazing because the expectations of a father are super low. They just don't expect a father. Uh, um, they don't expect a man to want to have anything to do with the raising of their own children. Okay. I think is this social overall thought process. All right. That. They feel that the man feels that it's the woman's job to take care of the kids, okay. which is frustrating because it's not even what we're saying. It's what people are saying that we're saying. Sure. We're not saying anything. We're just chilling over here. <laughs> okay. And so that's really frustrating because in my opinion, I feel that there shouldn't be like you were saying, like the, uh, where it's like, it's the kid gets half and half. Right. I think that does happen a lot. Because there's not a unified front, sure. right? It should be a situation of, hey, you want green and I want red? Cool. Let's go in this room with a closed door and we need to hash it out. No matter what our opinions are, when we walk out of this room, we need to be saying the same color. So right. the kid understands that because that's what's, what's best for the kid. We're the adults. We need to sacrifice to make sure that the kid doesn't have to. And sure. I just don't think that that's happening enough yeah. because I feel like there's too many issues of the stereotypical gender roles that people get so caught up in. They can't focus on what is actually important. Okay. I can see that. Um, my, I'll give you my opinion and my opinion is um, the minority right now. 
in this country. It's the unpopular opinion. I'm more of a traditionalist in that sense. And then you and I will probably disagree mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. So um, I think father needs to be a strong role. Um, I think I, I feel it's necessary. I'm not saying they need to be mean and feared only. I do think that there has to be a kindness and there has to, but there, there also has to be that authority. And I think that's when you're looking at the stereotypical, stereotypical societal view of motherhood and fatherhood, naturally, here's the controversial stuff I know, naturally, mothers are more maternal, in my opinion. Right. They've been bred to be that way. Sure. But they also breastfeed. I mean, there are, there's, it's, it's hormonal also, right? Right. Um, It's proven that most women are more emotional and, and will um, provide that more emotional support. Now, I say most, I understand there are exceptions to the rule, but we have to look at overall, right? When when we're looking at these things, right? So uh, it's not all, but overall, you know, I do think that that's, that has proven to be the case, not because men say so. It's because I think biology, okay? Um, I don't think that's controversial. But doesn't that go against the statistics we were just talking about a minute ago? where the single father is going to have the best outcome percentage-wise for their children without the more superior maternal parent? No, because the statistic, as you can recall, is um, the better outcome is out of the prison system because they're going to be following more structure and rules and laws. It doesn't mean they're going to be psychologically better off. I didn't, like, in terms of being warm or, you know, accepting of new ideas or whatever it is, but... They're going to learn to follow rules better because it's going to be ruled uh, more on logic, less on emotion. So they're just going to be better citizens. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it. I'm not saying better people. Okay. But but out of prisons at following, you know, structure, you know, uh, that way. So because it's the role that the in that case, in that particular study, the role the father has to play is really just to provide, you know, a lane of structure, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that way. Um, I don't know. I, once again, I don't know the details of the study. I, I, I've, we read the articles. I think my wife and I read the article. Funny enough, I think she may have been the one to find it. I don't know. But um, I was surprised by that. I had no idea mm-hmm. um, uh, that that was good. It was going to say that. But anyway, that kind of diverted. I, I, I do think that, you know, that uh, there has to be, there has to be more of a balance um, than there used to be where the father was absentee and just would come, get the belt out, whip the kid, and then, you know, go about their business. And then the mother, you know, is the support person. See, I told you, you know, you know, don't upset your father, you know, that kind of thing. Right. That's not right. I, I don't believe in that. All that and that's not is- what I mean when it comes to traditional like uh, roles. What I'm saying is I, I do feel that the, a lot of the structure and guidance should be there should there is a head of household it doesn't mean that women aren't valuable that women don't play a part that women can't can't jump into that role of of leader you know when the time's appropriate but if you have a traditional you know as you said nuclear family right mm-hmm. you can't have two leaders in any situation you can't have two leaders at once that has to be that role, that shift of, hey, you have to agree to, in this, I'm going to take the lead in here, and you take the lead in this. There has to be that exchange of leadership when it comes to 
whatever you're doing, um, you know, in parenthood, if you're going to say discipline, well, fine. You have to be on the same page, as you said. I can't pull one kid this way and you pull the one other kid the other way and they're going to be like, well, where do I go? Which one do I, which one do I do? Do I do what mom says or what dad says? For that reason, there has to be a way that's either agreed upon. I'm not saying mom and dad have to fight it out and then whomever <laughs> wins that fight is they're going to get their way. But I do think there has to be some type of someone taking control, some level of control to provide structure um, for the most positive outcome. Um, well, see, okay, I, I understand what you're saying, but the same token, you're talking about there needs to be a head of household. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the person that is the one that runs the household? Sure. Which is typically the woman? Could be. And then also, wouldn't it make more sense? Think of it like a company, right? Yeah. You might have multiple CEOs. Sure. Or a board of directors. Yeah. But I agree with you. If they're all saying different things, nothing's going to get accomplished. Yeah. So they have a meeting. They come up with whatever the process is going to be moving forward. Yeah. And then they release it down to the lower level. The lower level is never involved in the conversation that took place in the boardroom. Sure. It's the same thing as mom and dad. They just have a bedroom. But someone has to have a final say too, I think. Well, yeah, that's what compromise is. That's what a relationship is. Yeah. Is the final say is we finally agreed on one way or the other. The, the, the point that has to happen is there needs to be support from both parties. So they can't be undermining, right? Right. You can't go to dad and, and get your way when mom said, you know, one something else, right? It said the other thing, right? So, you know, candy, you know, I want candy, you know, right. oh, I want candy, you know, well, go ask your father. And then your father, like when the mother said, expects father to say no, and then the father says yes, because it's like, oh, go ask your father. I told you no, you know, and then they run to dad or something like that. And dad says yes. They need to be on the same page when it comes to stuff that's such a trivial trivial example but like no but it's an understandable curfews at night right Right, or something like that but um you know it's tough i find that the more time the child spends with whomever whatever parent it is they'll probably respect that parent less um and i think it's just because it's a comfort it's it's the constant pushing and testing and making sure that, you know, your just boundaries are tested on a regular basis. No, that makes sense. You fear the unknown. So if there's someone who's less present in that day to day and that person comes home, father or mother, and they say something or whatever, then all right, maybe they're not going to get away with it as much because that comfort isn't there. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but it's a thing. Um, so, so I, you know, just from my personal experience, you know, with, with fatherhood, yeah, they push my wife's boundaries. She can tell them four or five times to do one thing. Right. And even sternly, you know, and even like, you know, I am telling you, you know, do this or you are not going, you know, whatever it is, whatever consequence threat, uh, or bribe. Uh, and then I say, Hey, drain the tub, you know, you just hear it drain and it goes right. No, I mean, they've, they've done the same thing with me right? where I've told them to do something and they immediately. Right. Because, because there's a, it's that fear of the unknown. It's the comfort. It's the, Oh, oh okay. I should do this. And I don't know good, bad, and different, but then doing that, but then showing love and compassion, still spending time in other ways. I, I think that's, that's helpful. That wasn't what's been done in the past. It was, you never see that. 
you know, he's going to do whatever and he's whatever. Yeah. Like you're stereotypical. And this is further than like our, our parents generation. I think it's like our parents, parents where it's like, you know, dad has his room, whatever it may be. And when dad goes in that room, dad may be here. But dad's not here. Sure. <laughs> you don't want to disturb dad because the only time you're going to see dad is if dad is smacking the shit out of you. Sure. Or mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's out of fear. Yeah. yeah not yeah, out yeah. of fear of the unknown, but just fear because that's fear the only of the known. Fear of the known. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're getting, that product that you're receiving is violence. Yeah. You know? I, see, like I said, he, with my opinion on the situation, because I, I agree with what you're saying as far as the parent that is around the most will be disrespected the most yeah. by the child. And it's exactly what you said. It's just like training a dog because basically a kid doesn't know any better. So it's the same thing. If you tell them to sit and they don't sit and then you allow that to happen without any repercussion and then you say sit again, the dog just realized, oh, I don't have to listen to you. Sure. It's the same thing with a kid. Yeah. And it's bound to happen. Doesn't mean that the whichever parent that it is that is around doesn't mean they're bad at it. No. It's just percentages, the law of average. If they are spending so much time with the child, they wear you down over that period of time. Of course. And you're gonna allow more. You're gonna let the leash out a little bit because you're tired of being on top of them all the time. Then they're gonna learn to take advantage right mm-hmm. and those moments of weakness that's where they really push you right and, and it's tough so that that's where that's why i think i'm not saying kids i mean i was raised without a you know father figure in the home you know a consistent father figure in the home right you know uh, you know similar to you but i had more of an interchanging father figure right in the role and and I in that case, <laughs> you just never had one. But, you know, the one I had for a period of time uh, also didn't want to intervene heavily in doing that because that belief was, no, you have a father and I don't right. want to step in the way or, you know. So a lot of that wasn't provided, that structure wasn't provided. It was more of a hands listen off. to your mother, hands off type thing because of respect and boundaries yeah, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. And it was a tough age and all that stuff. But like, so there wasn't that happening there. There was someone there, but it wasn't, I, w- I wouldn't say that it was the traditional sense at all. Of, it was like the ghost of someone there. They're there and you know they're there and they might say something. They're probably. Right. <laughs> you might see a face. But they may not say anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So testing those bounds and understanding with, and it was really just, it just felt like single motherhood, right? Uh, you know, it felt like what it was before, except as you said, the presence of someone uh, there. Um, so it was pretty interesting. And then even, even before that, I mean, it was just, there was just nothing, right. It was just right. incons- very inconsistent and the expect, and then expectations of people trying to fill that role and do that, maybe going overboard too much in certain cases. And then other ones who, um, were more of the buddy, right. And didn't have any type of authority or, you know, father like figure, Mm-hmm. Uh, um, presence, you know, in that case. So when it came to, you know, uh, my father, uh, I didn't, he didn't, I didn't live with him. Right. Right. And yeah. what happens, I think with a lot of fathers is they can't relate to young children sometimes in that, in that sense where until they reach a certain age and then it clicks where, Oh, I can have a conversation with them now. Great. Now I can reason with you. 
I couldn't reason with you when you were a toddler screaming, crying, and like, you know, give you what you need in that case, um, as much as the stereotypical mother in that sense. Um, and I'm speaking of the stereotypical, you know, breastfeeding, like, you know, right. nutrients from mom, you know, kind of thing, because I, I don't have the parts for that, you know? Right. Um, so, so it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I think kids reach a certain age where then you can speak with them and handle them more logically because you can have a conversation with them. I think um, the fathers I've spoken with, a lot of them feel a similar way where they have that connection with their kid more so when the kid will start responding to them when, you know, they can start getting to the age of, of talking, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm not saying there's no connection before then. Of course, it's there's going to be connection. It's like, all right, no, no, you no, no, no. kid I, until they're this age, and then I'll take over. Right? No, I didn't, I didn't think of it like tougher, that. You know? I I felt a different. I, I feel that I had a different experience with my kid, but just like we were saying, every situation is different. You know, we're, we're talking about a billion exceptions. You know what I mean? Because yeah. every single thing is slightly different. Because like utilizing the same thought process of like when they start to speak. My daughter learned how to speak and could speak quite a lot for a couple of years. And me and her just didn't really communicate that way. Sure. We communicated. We just didn't communicate verbally. Right. <laughs> that was just not our thing. Right. Um, and then also, I mean, I've never, I've never spoken to my child as a child. Sure. So, you know, that's also very uniquely different. Right. Normal people don't do that. But right. that's, I'm not normal. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. It was just non-traditional, right? In that sense would be the best way to describe it is, you know, uh, someone would see that and say, oh, what's going on there? Like, they wouldn't expect it. Yes. Oh, yeah, people said that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but it is like that. that's the relationship that you've had. Really just, uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong way as long as there's support and involvement. No, I think think that's that's the key thing there is that there's not a right way and a wrong way. There's the way that works for you and the way that doesn't work for you. Right. And I don't mean you as the singular parent, child, or whatever. I mean you guys as like the the royal you. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like whatever works for this conglomerate of humans that is going to get the desired result of everybody being safe and hopefully moderately happy and secure, cool. It, like I said, I, I think they're obviously – I think you're a great father, but you do things differently than I would do. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, oh, cool. That's what you guys do. It is what it is. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I would say that in that traditional sense that we were speaking of, I play more on the fear of consequences, not fear, like fear dad, because he's going to destroy me. <laughs> right. right, but right. Fear of consequences. You know, um, I think fear is, is useful. I think you know, I'm not saying I want my kids to be terrified. That's going to be, I don't want to misspeak on that or, or right, have people no, take that out of context. But I do think that there is something to that. It doesn't have to be afraid of me, but afraid of the outcome, right? Like, well, right. you know, if you don't do that, you just don't get this. And then you stick to it. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want to not get this or I don't want to not have my phone or my whatever it is. I'm trying to relate to older kid now, but uh, or my iPad or whatever it is. Mine has had her phone taken away. Yeah, right. And it's probably not enjoyable. They probably want that. They probably want to be on, you know, whatever it is, you know. Unfortunately, she's like me. Yeah. If you give her a string right, and a say. washer, exactly. she'll be fine for days. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it doesn't, I, I, I've I tried always, to express that that's probably not the right way to handle this situation. Yeah. Because unfortunately she did get that from me that, yeah, she might be bored. She doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> my mother said the same thing about me. I can always find the way, take away all my toys and I'll, and I'll find something to play yeah. with. Like it's, I'll twiddle my fingers and be fine. Exactly. You know? Um, so, so I get that too. And, and I had a tough time listening to, to, um, to my mother and, and had a problem with that, the authority from her in that sense. We, we butt heads a lot as a, her as a single mother trying to raise me, um, you know, and that, you know, that's tough. I do think I would have benefited from a more traditional, like the way I am as a person. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because it was shaped that way. And I didn't have that. I would have benefited from more of that traditional you know, style, um, of parenting. Um, I don't know statistically they say yes having the two parents in the household i mean now there's a whole other um you know i mean what to consider in society now is there is a whole other uh factor right with with um not even saying father mother but like two roles right two parents mm-hmm. um you know in a same-sex uh, relationship or marriage and but i do think and that's where i'm kind of talking about someone has to you just can't be completely equal in every way. People just aren't equal. There's going to be dominant behaviors, whether you're both male, both female, whatever it is. But the people that have those dominant behaviors need to play that part. And the other people, they need to, you need to play to strengths and weaknesses in any relationship. Just like the example you use for a workforce, you hire a team. There's going to be people that are better at one thing and people that are better at another thing. But you have to kind of come together and build that team and let those people Right. where they're best there there may be people that are better at one thing and better at another thing but both of their voices are still equal yeah well then there's not a dominant and a submissive in that situation they're, no, they're but both this person equal. steps back and lets this person handle this particular area in a particular situation but Correct. overall they are equal it should be right that's what i'm saying yeah re- re- respect there should be respect whenever the mother is being disrespected by the child let's say mm-hmm. and the father says respect your mother. You need to, you know, you need to respect your mother, your mother, blah, 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 and backs up the mother. One person always needs to back up the other one. Oh yeah. Whenever, and those will have to switch, you know, whatever it is. It's one of those things that the kid has, I'm a very laid back person. Yeah. I'm usually really just like, yeah, whatever. But if I get frustrated or I get angry, there's a flip. You know what I mean? Sure. And I've only had to raise my voice probably like two or three times to the kid. Right. And I did flick her once when she was like 18 months old. <laughs> sure. And that's all that I've ever had to do with her. Now, mind you, once again, I'm very lucky. That's just the way that this particular child deals. But there have been quite a few times where she has disrespected her mother in my presence. Mm. And the second that my voice starts to raise, there is that, oh, my God, I'm going to be sacrificed. Sure look in her eyes right that's fear right absolutely <laughs> yeah and there's no there's never been an example of what would happen and there's never been like there's never there's no trauma behind <laughs> what causes that fear sure it's like you said the fear of the unknown right and it's just hey you don't do that you're nice to your mother do you realize all the crap your mother does to take care of you i don't want to hear you do that do what she said and then as soon as that sentence is done it's just like yeah, so tell her what you did today at school. Because it's, okay, we had that conversation. Move sure. on. Yeah. 
I agree with what you're saying in that regard, where stereotypically, right? Dad is going to mow the yard and mom is going to make dinner. Well, maybe that's not the way that it works in that household. Right. Right. And that's perfectly fine. But the same token, they're both going to decide what should be eaten for dinner. And they're both going to decide what they want the outside of the house to look like. Sure. And both of their opinions matter equally, in my opinion. Yeah. But one will take charge of one particular thing. It's Exactly. You don't ask your kicker what to do on first down. Right. That that's my point. People have different positions and, and roles that they that they play. And, and I, I agree with that. Play to I those just, strengths. I, I agree with that. You you put the position player in when they need to be put in, but I also agree that in the team meeting, they're all equal. They all should have a voice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and their voice should matter the same amount. Yeah. I just don't think that in my personal experience, I don't see I don't see the benefit of one person having the final say. Um, But there again, I haven't been put in the position where that's a uh, a necessity. Sure, yeah. It's all about life experience in that situation. I I feel like, yes, there there needs to be a leader, whomever that is, but there needs to be someone that, that I guess, directs, you know, Mm -hmm. that that kind of, you know, like anything else, maybe has a vision. Now they can both agree on that vision, but there's always going to be someone who who can help guide it, maybe and keep it on track a little bit and stay. It doesn't mean that that person's solely responsible for doing that, though. And I right. think that's no, I the thing. They both agree on it. But, you know, based upon just personality, I mean, there could be two dominant people in a relationship. Absolutely. And or or the opposite. Or the opposite. And then nothing gets done. Right. And so it's, it's, it's so, a shit show. So I, <laughs> right. And, and it's just one of those things where there has to be someone to take charge finally. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've experienced it in, in, in management roles and leadership roles to a point where it's like, you know, all right, this is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And you you've had to step decisions. in and do that yeah. and make command decisions. That has to happen. Um, it doesn't mean, it shouldn't be at the expense of someone else's opinion or voice. Correct. I think that's the, the main and, point. And I think that that's the problem in the societal thought process is that that is what people think happens when the man puts his foot down. It's looked at as a negative thing all the time. Because I feel that people are looking at what is happening in that moment and not what is happening maybe before or right. even after when the conversation is had between those two adults of, right. Hey, I didn't like that. Or, Hey, I appreciate the assist. High five. Right. You know, for instance, I'm kind of an outgoing person. My ex-wife, not so much. Sure. Right. She's a very fun person for the people she likes, but when she's in a room with a bunch of people she doesn't like, it's not her forte. Right. That's my job. Sure. <laughs> when people are starting to walk up and introduce, it's my job to kind of do like the, Hey, How's it going? Okay, cool. You don't have to talk. Don't worry about it. Just be quiet. Say everything. Right. Because that's that's my role. How dare you? Right. <laughs> How dare you not let her speak and exactly. you'd be able to take over. Right. And some so. people might think that. Right. Where other time other people that actually know the situation would be like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's helping out because she doesn't have the the emotional energy to deal with that right now. Right. And I think that's the problem is that people people are too quick to take their own baggage, good, bad, or indifferent. Right. And place it on top of other people's situations <laughs> sure. before they kind of do any like digging and research right. of their own, which really shouldn't matter anyway, because that's their crap. So why are you even bothering? But yeah, it is what it is. That, that strong, I'm finger quote, strong, authoritative man 
someone who seems like they're in control. Those are all words that I'm saying that are like these buzzwords mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. like, oh, he's abusive. He's going to beat, you know, toxic masculinity. It's, it's right. That, that type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, it's not true all the time, you know, um, it's not true half of the time. Um, okay. Are there certain word tracks and stuff that probably do get used in the, in, in relationship situations that, you know, you can think that I, I just think once again, as long as it's not the, it's not at the expense of someone else and then their opinion or, you know, emotional well-being. It, it, and, it, and it's tough. It's tough when you have a dominant personality to be like, you know what? Sorry. Yes. I took over there. You know, what do you think about this? Right. Yeah. Cause that has to happen too. People aren't perfect. Those dominant yeah. personalities, you know, I could, I could, I have a very dominant personality. Um, uh, I, I cannot, I can dial back, but like I have a very dominant personality and I have to consciously say like, okay, Hey, maybe that was a little too, you know, forward or my opinion was a little too strong on that. Sorry about that. What do you think? Like, what do you think we should do? Like, can we just get on the same page? You know, that kind of thing. And, you know, it's okay to have to recenter yourself and kind of readjust, you know, but ultimately the path we're going down, it's going to be decided together. And we have to decide that, that this is the right way to do it. And yeah, that dominant personality has to consider the feelings and emotions of the other person, whether it be the male or the female in the situation, you know? I, I do think that there is an aspect of people looking at certain characteristics and like mislabeling them. Sure. Right. Where like you, okay. I probably have a dominant dominating personality, but I also have a very lazy personality. Sure. And they're constant battle. How much effort do I really want to have to put in right now? Sure. If I'm, if I'm in a situation where I have to like, nobody else is man. Sure. I can take control of the room and I have no problem doing it. It's just that most of the time I just don't want to, it just seems like a lot, you know? Right, 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 right. And I think that's the biggest thing is that while I may have the capability and the knowledge uh, and even possibly like the chance for success of doing it, a lot of times it just doesn't seem worth it to me. Sure. Right. So because of that, I feel like there are situations that I'm put in where I get to kind of sit back and watch the other people play around at it. Right. And it's really amusing. Right. Because it's like you're a bunch of chickens with your head cut off running around here making these thought processes going to school functions. Oh, buddy, buckle up. You're going to want to kill people. Yeah. Because it is ridiculous. Yeah. How many times have you gone to see the kid do like her swim stuff Mm -hmm. and you wanted to strangle somebody just as much as I did? Yeah. Because it wasn't organized. Oh, Oh, so I'm right there with you as far as like you need to have people that like this is this is their ring. Right. And they right. know this and they need to take charge of this situation. Um, but I think that a lot of times when you see a personality that is a confident in charge, not domineering in, in the traditional sense of like, you know, putting people down as what people usually think of domineering, which isn't fair. But you know what I'm saying? Right. It is usually a man. Sure. And a lot of people more recently have started to look at that similarly to how historically, a lot of weird words here, um, people look at a woman in that position where it's like, he's assertive, she's a bitch. Right. That used to be the narrative. Well, the word right? Karen now, right? Right, right, right You're right. going to speak up Absolutely. and you're going to, can I speak to your manager? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're going to stand your ground. That's looked at as a negative thing. 
I, I think hundred percent like anything else, it's approach, it's how you do it. And it's, Absolutely. and it's, it's how you're, how, how you're able to do that. And then still stay in control in some sense of your emotions in the situation. Right. But, and I agree with that hundred percent, but what I, what I was getting to was that now the Karen thing's still there. Yeah. It's just now we have a title as well, which is the toxic masculinity. Sure. So if a guy is trying to help out in a situation, regardless of what it is, if he uses any type of force, not physical, maybe just projecting his voice or making not demands because it sounds like I'm very forceful, but like taking control, taking control of the situation. Hey, right. I, I really need you to help me out and do this. And would you mind doing that? Even if you're using words of asking, right? Some people are still going to be much more than before. <sighs> just thinks he's so important you know and it's just because the, the the narrative has slightly changed which makes it more frustrating because that ties yeah. along with the whole like struggling with the new notions of manhood well it, it gives birth to the the mansplaining you know narrative right. where if you're trying to be calm and instead of assertive or controlling if you're trying to calmly explain your point then now you're mansplaining right so, so it's it's a little bit tough, you know, in that role as well. And now we're talking less about fatherhood, but more about like relational aspects well, here, like men yes and society. No, but because the reason why I, I, I think those are connected is because those things are being looked at from the child. Yeah. And the perception the child has is what is going to affect the future. Yeah, it's going to shape and how they should be as future parent which perhaps. is the whole job right. of a father and mother is right. to do those things it, right uh just so that we're not like going for 10 years because we could keep going yeah i just want to wrap up and i'll have you do the same thing here where there's a couple of things that i feel that should be the expectation of a father right and they're very simplistic things they should be providing a safe place for their offspring to be able to develop into the people they are going to become regardless if it is going to be somebody that the parent wants them to be or not. In this case, it's the father. And it's their job to make sure they're protecting. Right. They need to help provide for them. They need to make sure that they are as good as they can be because no one's ever going to be able to make them perfect. Sure. They do need to be emotionally available. I do believe in that. Yeah. Especially, you're screwed. You have a son. <laughs> because it's very important, I think, for nowadays, especially, a, a, a man to teach a, a young boy who will become a man, the duality of being a man. Correct. That there are times that you need to be there as an emotional wreck, and there's times that you need to be there as a completely emotional being. Right. And both of those extremes are okay. You just have to learn when to, to wear which hat, you know? Yeah. So to me, that, that's the biggest thing. Like the kid and I, yeah, we're buddies. Yeah, we're cool. We're awesome. But the same token, it's the same thing when I was a manager. <laughs> I'm your friend until you make me have to be your CEO. Right. The second you make me be that person, I'm going to be that person. It's your choice. Right. We can chill. We can hang out as long as your homework's done, your room is clean, and you've done everything that your mom has asked you to do. Yeah. Now, if I find out later that you didn't do something and that when I asked you, hey, did you do everything you were supposed to do? And you're like, oh, I just forgot. Yeah, you get one free beam. After that, I am not going to be fun for a while because yeah. I'm going to be like, are you sure? Let's go check it. 
because my level of checking is going to be way worse than anything else out of pettiness. Right. <laughs> because I want there to be a, a, a disciplinary reaction. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep going, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, but that, that is where I feel like my opinion of what the, the father's role should be. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what are I, your closing thoughts? I, I agree. I agree with most of that. I, I do think that it is harder for you and I or people that didn't have the traditional example oh, of yeah. a father, right? Whether or not it's a good example or a bad example, just having an example that's a consistent example. That's like, hey, this is how this because then you can either learn from the things that they didn't do <clears throat> that maybe you were thinking you did. Now, I'm not saying you're going to turn out any better one, one way or another. Statistically, yes, it shows that people turn out better, but it, just because it's an extra layer of support, if it's a positive situation, that could, person could be the one ripping down the family and then that becomes a negative thing, right? But let's let's we're thinking best case scenario in a traditional sense, right? The presence of that balance in in some way, and how that balancing act that that teeter totter, right? And those roles are switched, and that's done with that communication. I think it's not going to be perfect because there's no relationship that is, there's no family that is. But to at least have that other person to go to in that time where they're feuding, mom and and kid are feuding. And maybe dad's there and maybe dad is just the, yeah, you know, well, that's what happens when you do this with your mom or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the authoritative or when that time does happen, it's like, I'm really disappointed because, you know, the way you spoke to your mother or whatever it is, like, right. you know, and mom does the same thing and just kind of having that, that more of that balance rather than it's all kid and mom, you know, or kid and dad, whatever that is. I do think that it's more supportive and helpful because you said support, and that's an important thing. What what better than to have two people to be able to support who might have a different perspective and different point of view during a certain conversation or time where agitation's high with one parent in a certain moment where they can switch off and say, "Hey, take this kid because it's not happening today for me," <laughs> you know, or, which in my situation happens sometimes, all the time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I do think that that balance is there. So without to speak to personally, you know, kind of on behalf of both of us to have that constant example, that consistent example, I think would help. We have to try to decide how we want to be or how we act or react. You know what I mean? To um, our children and then what father we kind of father we want to be. Right? right. And that's tougher because without that consistent example there, then where, where are we? Right. Like we're, right. we're having, it's, we're going off a of theory. We're going off of right. The, Father the, theory, fatherhood theory. <laughs> the worst fun. thing about the situation. It, this is not a one upsmanship thing because I'm the one who's actually losing here is that <laughs> you at least have things to measure against. Sure. Yes. The second that I, learned what my daughter's favorite food was at the age of like one and a half, I already surpassed mine, which sounds great. Right. I have no form of measurement. Right, right, right. And I know you don't either in that regard. Like I said, I'm not trying to like, murmur. Yeah, I'm, no, trying, to, I'm I, trying to add I, on to like what I you're do, saying. I do 100%. It, it just sucks. wasn't consistent for me. Right. It, it just, it sucks because I don't think that there... I don't think there's a person that is capable of um, 
introspect. Am I saying the right word? Sure. Uh, of being able to self-reflect mm-hmm. that thinks they're killing it at all the time. Oh, right. Yeah. And so the problem is, is that when you get into those moments where you're just like, hey, man, how am I doing? You know, I need to you know, self-evaluate, make sure I'm on the right levels with that. When you're having to compare yourself to TV dads. Right. We, that had a script. We all saw that episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ooh. Uncle Phil and but Will. It's like it's, it's <laughs> a... Yeah, it sucks, man, yeah, because yeah, I, I don't think that there's ever a time frame that a parent should feel that they have done everything right. If they feel that, then I mean, I'm happy for them, but I don't think that's ever <laughs> possible. No. You, you're supposed to fail even as a parent, as the person in charge, you're supposed to freaking fail because that's, that's how you learn. If not daily, weekly, there's yeah. something that I'm like, yep, I wish I did that better. Yeah, or, you got to be like, my bad. Right. Yep. That's on me. Nope. Nope. I should have asked my. Yep. Nope. I. I know that you're the one that normally takes care of that. And I didn't even think to ask you what the plan was. Ah, right. Exactly. But it's being present when it matters. It's being right. It's, it's being there. I think just as kind of what you just said, like abandoning altogether the responsibility. It's, it's different when you're just maybe not great at certain things, but you're still around uh, versus abandoning the responsibility altogether. Yeah, I think. You're 100% right. So really, I think the answer is expectations of a father is to be present. Be there. Be there. Be there with an open mind and trying your damnedest. Yeah. As long as you're actually trying, yeah, you're still going to mess up. Yeah. But you're probably going to like succeed even by accident a couple of times. Right. And it's funny the stuff that the kid has already expressed that mean a lot that it happened during the time frame of how old yours is. Sure that she remembers as being like this crazy thing. And it was just like, really? Exactly. Huh. Cause the stuff that they're going to remember the stuff that I remember as a kid, it's never the same things that the parent remembers. Never. Not at all. And that's kind of cool, but it's also kind of terrifying. Yep. And I think you have to kind of be accepting the fact that as a father parent, probably, but definitely as a father, I can speak on. Yeah, man, it's freaking, it's, it's frightening sometimes. Oh yeah. So yeah. Now, now, I will say, closing thoughts here for, for the record, my, you know, my father, uh, you know, I love so much and I know he loves me. And, um, you know, it's, it's a situation where it, because of the inconsistency of the living situation, I just didn't happen to, to see the day in, day out what it's like yeah. to, you know, and experience that. Right. Um, it, 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 but he was there um you know and you know i did see him and there was you know that kind of thing so i did you know as you were saying before um it it just wasn't a day-to-day thing it was you know we had did the whole visitation stuff and you know and all that and and uh so so it was just a tougher situation and you know every parent wants the ideal situation but you know what it's even worse having a a mother father or, or parenting situation that is not constructive at all and they don't get along then you're really in a toxic 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 situation right yeah. so i would rather have part-time situation than uh than a toxic full-time both parent situation you no know? absolutely you know yeah it's um yeah yeah it's crazy you know and and you know i can speak for you uh i, I will speak for you you know the relationship you have with your daughter is is awesome you know, I, uh, I can see the way she looks at you, the way she responds to you, the way, and 
it's 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 pretty amazing so like you know you, you didn't have that example of a father to actually see and 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 be around and you know how, how you and you are with your kid the fact that you guys had the relationship that you have even at her age now and you have their whole life really it's yeah. a very consistent relationship you know which is weird too like don't get me wrong i know it's weird too yeah no but it's, <laughs> it's it but it's i look at it in awesome times it's like that's so cool because really it is just how you guys interact is um yes it's it's non-traditional but like the love is amazing right yeah uh yeah. and it feels like that closeness you have is an unspoken thing it's not the traditional, oh, daddy, I love you, daddy, is it? Because that's not her personality. No. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's interesting. She's, but she'll come up to you and then elbow you or hit you. And, this, and it's like this unspoken, eh, eh. You know, it's the just. The same things that used to annoy you when we were teenagers. Yes. I taught to my kid. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it's really cool. And, and, you know, for you not to have, as I said, that example of, of fatherhood and then ha- how you are as a father i mean it, you know it just kind of defies the odds in that sense which is cool you know i appreciate it no it, it's it's uh, i'm like what six years ahead of you kid wise father wise yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's still frightening yeah um but it's also really cool especially when sarcasm is understood oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. love that yeah and, and i will say this you know not to to try to like you know you know, give you a, give you a little circle right back at you, but the same token, where you're at now, you're gonna get some really cool stuff when you get to where I'm at. Yeah, because the relationships are really awesome. You know, what I yeah, mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the closeness and the and the level of communication is really cool to see. Um, and you know, I, I can't speak on your son too much because I don't have a son. Sure, eh, sure. It, it wasn't in my cards, but as having a, a daughter, I think that that relationship is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I think you're stepping in the right direction. Um, yeah. and it's, it's really fun when they start talking back. Oh, it's already happening. No, I mean, I mean like with, with like supporting details. <laughs> yeah. It's happening already. <laughs> oh right. yeah. It's, uh. it's, it's scary how much it's happening. And, and I, I'm like, I can't, when she's older, I don't know what's going to happen because she is so sassy. <laughs> already right now and like giving examples too like you know of of her like she she just you know dad i told you that's not how you should you know i'm like what are you saying to me four-year-old because literally four years old and she's like giving examples and then citing from past experience stuff i'm like i can't with her already yeah see we we were still in the like uh non-auditory communication stage at four so i didn't have to deal with any of that my daughter you know how she is she is her emotion she's very emotional yeah yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah and she's very outspoken and she talks a lot no idea where she got it so so, <laughs> so this is one of those situations where yeah her and i ooh, sometimes but but um but no i mean it's 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 awesome it's the best thing in the world i think i really do i mean i think that's the purpose of life is to exist and is to continue to perpetuate and and yeah. and you know raise our children to then be productive members of whatever society you choose to be a part of no i agree you know the overall success will be like you know 
do they enjoy their life? And that's it. That's really all it comes down to. I don't. I it's don't never going to look the same. What job they have, or you Who know, cares? how much they make, or just are they happy? You know, yeah. That's really. Did it. they kill anybody today? That's what I mean. Like, are are they decent? But did human that being? person deserve it? Well, that's too. That too. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to know when to pull the cord. You know, as long but, as uh, decent human beings, right? That's moderately. All. You're shooting really high. I'm going for like, you know, not serial killer. Don't have a documentary on Netflix and we're probably going to be okay. going for like, do the right thing in the moment where it matters. Like that's, that would be okay. That Protect would be it. at least one friend and shank a different one. Yeah. And then we're fine. Right. Yeah. If you got to shank an enemy to protect a friend and you're okay, you're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Done. hundred percent. Yeah. If I could get her to believe that, I just, oh, it sucks so bad. <sighs> She's too nice. I don't know how the heck she got that. I don't know either. I, I know. That, that it, is it, yeah. not inherited from you. Not no, at all. Not at all. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there because, like I said, we could keep going, especially when we started talking about our own. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do want to say thanks for listening to the Venti Questions podcast, and yeah. we hope you enjoyed our opinions on... What the expectations for us is. Uh, <laughs> it's tough to lay them out without then feeling like you're going to be critiqued and judged to no oh, end. Oh, absolutely. But, but I think that was the majority of the beginning of the conversation is just trying to figure out where we stand and what other people's opinions of what we should be are. Yeah. So. And even just through experience of us doing it, we're probably going to shift in our style. Oh, every time there's a new fun thing, we change our minds on it. But, um. If you enjoy um, our opinions on this and you want to hear our opinions on other stuff, make sure you tune in next week when we will be talking about AI yeah, and Art- all of that kind of extremely exciting and terrifying funness. Right. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Sorry. I figured you were not like an idiot. So my bad. Well, that's why. You know, that's why you're we here. Have to, you, you help us out. We have to because you, you, you tell them when they're dumb and I just talk to the other people. Well, it's just, you know, artificially intelligent. You know, sometimes we have to, (laughs) you got to pump them up. There's a reason we're building it because yeah. Cause they're idiots. Not all. No, not you guys. No, no, no. no, no. The ones that uh, click the subscribe button and the little bell notifications and then put a comment in there. Yeah. You're the smart ones. Those are the intelligent ones. Exactly. Yeah. Anywho. Um, also if you want to check us out on, um, social media, you know, follow up how, um, uh, coin car grand prix is going make sure you're checking us out on uh venti underscore questions on twitter and then also on instagram at venti questions and then if you want to find out more about this particular coffee per se or maybe even what we thought about black adam by the way it sucked um go ahead and check out our youtube channel over at um youtube.com slash at venti questions we weren't the only ones who thought it sucked no apparently so did dc <laughs> screw you rock And um, with that, have a great day. And there you go.